morning from me Boriana, your favorite Bulgarian speaking from Rome, Italy. Today we will continue with our book study. We are studying this incredible book, let me show you, which is called Trustworthy, written by Lisa Turkhurst. And we will read from day five today. But before we start, I want to ask you, where are you watching us now or later? So please type into the chat, where are you watching us from? But type is, I am your favorite Kenyan watching from war or Rome, or I am your favorite Bulgarian, American, Italian, Ethiopian, um, Nigerian, South African, and where are you watching us from? And don't forget that you are most favorite child of the living God. You are the most loved one of the God Almighty. Don't forget, it's very important to speak life over your life and over your loved one's life. It's important. And um, I'm a part of an international, from an international church. And um, meeting a different cultures just enriches me a lot of, like, for example, we have all these um, nations, banners of the nation which are represented in our church. And now I'm pretty good um, recognizing a different nation's banners. Like, for example, if I see a Cameroonian flag, I can recognize it. So today I want to learn something new. And if you know how to say good day or good morning or to greet in a language different than English, or Italian, please type this into the chat. I will tell you um, good day in Bulgarian is Dobrden, in Russian is Dobrydien, in Greek is um, Kalimera, in Turkish is Kyunaydan. Um, I think that I know uh, like 20, um, uh, in, to, to say 20, uh, in 20 different languages, how to greet and how to ask, how are you? Um, but I want to learn more, obviously. So, um, if you know how to greet in a language different than, um, English or Italian, please type this as well in our chat. Thank you. So in the Past Thursdays, uh, we've um, studied the um, lives of King Saul, King David, King Solomon, and also how the temple was built. And we've saw different, we, we, we saw different patterns, some good, some bad, and we understood that God does not look and our outer self, how we look like, he looks our half, our hearts, he searches our inner self. And how we look like, it's important for us, but obviously for God is not important at all. And um, reading about um, those kings somehow influenced and impact our lives. And I was thinking that um, the conclusion I've made is that our today's actions are legacy for someone's tomorrows. Our today's actions are legacy for someone's tomorrows. And I want to ask you, 
who are you influenced by from whatever preposition i'm supposed to use who um who are your life influencer for us and um, the first place this must be jesus god holy spirit bible must be our life manual the platform that um, we must promote mainly i don't know if we can say mainly in this case but um must be the heaven other platforms must step back and take the second and the third place like tiktok is not the main or instagram or facebook are not the main platforms that we must to promote i mean we must to promote heaven and i want you to think not type into the chat i want you to think about five women i say women because we will speak about wives but as well it could be men who influenced or are influencing your life i have a lot of women influenced and continue to influencing my life it's like my mom who is uh with jesus um Pastor Chen, my friends from Rome, from, from ICF Rome, my friends from Bulgaria, my young friends from ICF Rome. We have a lot of young people. They're amazing. They're wonderful. And I can learn a lot of from them also. I mean, we can learn from each other. We can, we are influencing each other lives. Want, um, deliberately or not. I mean, so it's very important it's very important uh, what we carry inside our heart and like for example we have our there are people who doesn't didn't know that i exist like for example um pastor jen grandmother she she does didn't know that i exist on this earth i mean uh, she's with jesus and about what um i've heard pastor jen told us about uh, the way uh, she thought her the way she reacted in a different situation just um influenced my life i mean there are things which are imprinted into my mind as well as like for example i had in um bible school in bulgaria like uh, more than 20 years ago a teacher her name is um, Joanne Ramos, and she's an um, amazing woman of God. And uh, lessons that uh, she taught me, she and her husband, they are with me. And they're not only influencing my life, they're not only bringing fruits into my life, but they're bringing fruits into other people's life. They're bringing like indirect fruits. So it's important, it's very important who um, we are allowing to, um, let's say, write into our um, life notebook, who influence our life. So, um, and it's very important, the example that we give, we know um, that children, not only children, but children are learning very easily from examples. And sometimes we see our bad behavior let's say into our own children life is like a broken mirror and we realize that we are not a good example so we need to be 
we need to um how to say uh to um to copy the 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 right personality we need and the personality which is the um, with which we cannot fail to copy is the personality of Jesus. And I want to read you before to start with the book. I want to read you um, uh, a script, uh, one, some verses from Philippians from the Passion Translation. It's Philippians 4 and it's from verse 4 to verse 9. And it's written, be careful with joyful celebration in every season of your life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled into in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your hearts and mind throughout Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work on God, praising Him always. Put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Amen. And unfortunately, in this chapter, we see that Solomon was led astray from his wives. His wives was not the best influencers in Solomon's life. They, his heart goes astray. So I'll start to read. Uh, start reading with page 42. I don't think anyone wakes up and says, I am going to make a total mess of my life today. I plan to purposefully ignore all the wisdom God has give, has ever given me, sin like crazy and ruin all that I hold dear. This is from another Bible study output um, of the of the Lisa Turkers. I'll put the link in the chat later. No, I think the unraveling of life starts slowly, much like what happened to one of my favorite sweaters. It was the kind of sweater that snagged easily if I wasn't careful. For the longest time, I was mindful of the delicate nature of this sweater, protecting it so I could make it last and enjoy wearing in time and again. But one day I got in a hurry and pulled a huge snack in it. And instead of taking the time of properly repair it, I snipped the loose threads and hoped for the best. The decision started an unraveling process and ruined my sweater. I believe this is where we, we find King Solomon today, forgetting to carefully guard his heart. 
Proverbs 4.23 and making choices that ultimately led to unraveling of his faithfulness to God. As we've seen, Solomon started out well. He was a king who sought the Lord for wisdom. He built the temple and prayerfully dedicated it to the Lord. He was a greatly accomplished man with a palace brimming with riches and a heart overflowing with wisdom that people from all over the world sought an audience with him. We see this in First King chapter 10 verses 23 to 24 but Solomon had an area of sin that became a snagging point for him in his relationship with the Lord and there is a verse which uh, we will read it's from first king uh, chapter 11 but even if we don't read the verse when we think about King Solomon. I mean, even if we don't know the Bible, the first thing that it, it's coming into our mind is wisdom. And the second thing is women. So I will read uh, on chapter 11, but I will not read only the verse 1. I will read till verse 3. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines and his wives led him astray. So very sad. And um, as it's written into the book, this was a big issue because God commanded his people not to intermarry. Read Deuteronomy 7, 3-6. Why did God command his people not to intermarry with those outside of the nation of Israel? It is written. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or, th or, or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. This is what you are to do with them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred souls, cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols in the fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So, uh, as I, I told before, God wants our hearts. His concern was that foreign people, people who, do, who do not know God will lead your our hearts, his heart, uh, um, away from God. He will, I mean, and this is the difference between 
Solomon married a foreign wife and uh, because those wives lead Solomon uh, away from God and his grand-grandmother Ruth who was a foreigner but influenced by his mother-in-law was led to God this is a, a great difference I mean, where are you led to? So let's continue to read. Not only did God command his people not to intermarry, but he had spoken this directly to Solomon twice, both in Gibeon and after the temple was finished. You cannot enter into an intimate relationship with someone without that person not only affecting your mind and your body, but also your soul. That's important. You cannot enter into an intimate love relationship with someone without that person not only affecting your mind and your body, but also your soul. That's why it's important we to have a love relationship with Jesus. Uh, this will affect our everything. I mean, in a good way. Sadly, despite all the wisdom Solomon had been given, he still gave into the sinful desires of his heart. The king who prayed during the temple dedication that the Lord would turn the hearts of the people of Israel toward himself, 1 King 8, 29, 28, clung to his forbidden wives and end up with his own heart being turned away from the Lord. It would be easy for us to focus on the dysfunctional family dynamics that Solomon had to deal with. However, as we consider the events that took place during Solomon's accessions to the throne, we could miss a subtle character trait of Solomon that we will see in greater clarity throughout his life. Solomon's reaction to Adonijah's request to take Abishah as his wife was drastic and filled with emotion, anger and violence. And as we look deeper, we will find that Solomon had a soft spot for women. If you don't remember who um, Abishah is, uh, this was the, the girl who was taken to warm the bed of King David, but King David was not have any relationship, I mean, any sexual relationship with her. She was very beautiful young lady who helped uh, King David in his last days. And um, so uh, you can read in First King uh, about her. For all the riches, power, and might God has provided Solomon, the king still experienced deep, deep distrust in God. Solomon's decisions to cling to his wives is evidence of his distrust that God could be the source of his satisfaction. It's a good place we can think uh, to think who is the source of our satisfaction I mean um, 
some people can save money, but this is a temporary, um, they bring temporary satisfaction. And after that, you can say, um, yeah, but if you don't have money, it's difficult. Um, yes, sure, it's difficult. But um, there are need, there are must. I mean, uh, unfortunately, we cannot live without uh, money, without food, without uh, where we to, to uh, a house. But um, making this a goal in our life, just to make more and more money, for example, or to have more and more clothes, or to have, um, I don't know, just... Um, uh, more and more from something which is um, a material thing uh, could bring um, a temporary satisfaction. Uh, the um, thing which uh, must saturate, it, saturate our life uh, are not material things. This is um, Jesus. If Solomon's response to Adonijah's request for Abishak tunes our ears to the possibility of character flow, Solomon's marriage to Pharaoh's daughter uh, in 1 Kings 3.1 is the first chord struck that enables us to hear the sound of sorrow that would follow. This was page 43. Continue with page 44, uh, Solomon's many marriages to foreign women went directly against God's direction, warning the people of Israel that their hearts would be turned away from the Lord their God as a result of their marriages. Again, evidence of distrust in God's goodness. It's important to know that the issue wasn't an ethnic, uh, ethnicity issue in marriage. This is important. I mean, God didn't say, don't marry this nation because it's a different nation. He says, don't marry because they lead you astray. I mean, they will lead you away from me. It was an issue of idolatry, idolatry and turning hearts towards false God. So uh, we read again First King one uh, eleven. I'm sorry, but um, it's verse four. Let me read it to you. I'm sorry, I have all these books here. So First King eleven four. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. So what happened to Solomon? He, he, his heart was not anymore with God. I find it so interesting that this scripture's verse reference Solomon's father David, as we noted previously. David was also a man whose heart had been led astray by his sinful desire for a woman. 
this is an issue actually his name point was not so different from his sons leaving david to commit sin upon sin upon sin we see in first in second samuel 11 but instead of being clay about a man who did evil in the sign of the lord as solomon was david was called a man after god's own heart and there is a question uh, why do you think David was still called a man after God's own heart while Solomon was labeled differently? And uh, there are uh, two passages which the author asks us to read. And one is in 2 Samuel 12 from 1 uh, to 14 and another is Psalm 51. I will repeat the questions and I will read a part for, of, uh, from Psalm 51. So if you uh, can please type into the chat, why do you think David was still called a man after God's own heart while Solomon was labeled differently? So I will read you not the whole Psalm 51, but I will read you from verse 10 to 12 and after that 15 to 17. Created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me, within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And after that, it's verse 15. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and con contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So let me ask you again, uh, why do you think David was still called a man after God's own heart, while Solomon was labeled differently? It's written, uh, it's the bottom of the page 44. He chose to repair the breaches David on his sin. He chose to repair the breach in his relationship with God using the thread of repentance, confessing his sin and placing his affection and his devotion firmly on the Lord once again. Solomon continued in his sin. His refusal to repent and realign his desires with the Lord resulted in God's declaration that he would tear the kingdom away from Solomon during the rule of his son. Solomon's legacy would not be all God has originally designed and desire it to be king. We see this in 1st King 11, 9 to 12. Page 45. All sweet friends, God's remind, reminders are uh, God's reminders to us in today's, today's passages should not be taken lightly. God isn't after our earthly accomplishments. And he doesn't want us going through, our, through the motions of devotions. He is after our own hearts. God wants to be our soul's soul desire. 
and the minute we turn our hearts away from God is the minute our intimacy with him and our legacy begins to unravel. Remember what I've told you in the beginning? Our today's actions are someone's tomorrow's tomorrow, uh, our legacy for someone's tomorrow. And um, I will read you again uh, what uh, she wrote in page 43. You cannot enter into an intimate love relationship with someone without that person not only affecting your mind and your body, but also your soul. Just we need to guard guide our hearts a lot do you um, present these uh, people i mean they're not only women but only also men who did so many corrections with their faces that we cannot recognize them anymore i mean they start changing something which is um not good and after uh, according them and after that they just uh, getting obsessed and continue and continue and we cannot recognize them anymore i mean just i'm totally for corrections that uh, will make you feel prettier um younger but um with a, with a measure so uh, it's the same with our hearts we are um covering our hearts uh with so many things sometimes and we are just putting all these artificial things in our hearts that we could not not recognize uh, god could not recognize us anymore i mean god could not recognize uh, our hearts anymore so um maybe uh it's we need to just um to uh that to what it means clean our heart i mean clean our heart from all these artificial thing that uh are um it's uh full with clean our heart from sadness from sorrow from uh, um i don't know uh because if we are um uh, many times sad we put this sadness we, we don't we don't ask god god please uh took away this sadness but we keep this sadness in our heart so we put one and after that another and after that another so it's becoming uh, a higher place it's becoming a pile with sadness which is an obstacle to worship god and um there are many examples in the bible in which people could um could act differently uh, uh, according to the situation. They could act uh, according their um, the reality. I mean, what the reality said. Like for example, uh, Daniel uh, with the lions. I mean, uh, or Daniel uh, with, um, and his friends in the in the fire. But they react, they trusted Lord and they react according to what God says. They don't react according what the word said, the world said, says. I mean, if you, uh, start to put all these negative, um, uh, things in your heart, I mean, if you start to cover your heart, I mean, uh, how, um, 
if you're putting God away from your heart, how can God sees you? I mean, uh, as we see, uh, as we know that God is looking at our hearts. I mean, He doesn't look. Uh, he doesn't see our picture and say, "Oh, okay, this is uh, my favorite daughter, Boriana." He's looking inside of me and said, "Oh, this is this is Boriana. I know her heart. I know who she is. I know where her heart stands." So, uh, and let's continue to read one of the saddest sentence in first Kings, maybe the most overlooked sentence. First King 1140B says, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord. His God is, was the heart of David, his father. In this one sentence, we see that Solomon is the one of many kings on a journey of half-hearted trust. Really, half-hearted trust is simply distrust. God doesn't want our half-heart. He doesn't want 30% of our heart. He want a 100% of our heart. Before we end today's study, let's go, let's do a recap of the timeline of Solomon's affection. He worshipped at the high places as was acceptable because the temple of God did not yet exist. First King 3 2. He gained wisdom from God. First Kings 3 from 5 to 14. He left the high places to worship God at the Ark of the Covenant. First Kings 3 15. He built the temple and placed the Ark inside of it. First King 5 8. He turned away from godly wisdom. First Kings 11 1 uh, from 1 to 4. He returned to the high places not condemned not condemned and defied God. First King 11 5 after the temple was built, all of the high places should have been destroyed, but they weren't. God wants we to build a temple, his temple in our hearts. And all the high places, the old high places to be destroyed. Important note, high places prior to the construction of the temple were acceptable places of worship as long as they were used to glorify God. A high place means a place of worship. What you worship in your high place. It looked like a stage or a platform where religious activities took place. The danger with the Israelites' use of the high places was that they lived with an awareness of how other cultures worshipped false gods. These other nations also built high places, but they were for worshipping false gods and often include practices that were highly detestable in God's sight. 
So after the temple was built, that should have been the designed place of worship for the Israelites. The other high places should have been torn down as God repeatedly instructed his people to do. This begs the question, okay, here is the question. Why didn't Solomon destroy these high places? Why did Solomon just, if you have um, response, please type into the chat. Why did Solomon destroy this high, didn't destroy this high, um, I'm sorry. Why didn't Solomon dis didn't destroy these high places? Why we do not destroy some of the high places in our lives? This is a question. If it is from mm, routine, laziness, I don't know. Sometimes there are things that we know that they're not good and say, so I'll change it tomorrow, I'll change it tomorrow, but we are used to living in that way and uh, we, are not, we are not doing nothing. I mean, why do you think that Solomon didn't destroy those high places? Why do you think that we keep all these high places in our lives? By allowing the high places, continue to reading page 46, the high places to stay standing, the people were tempted to use them as alternative places to worship. They say, if God does not work, we can go somewhere else. This is mistrust. But even which was dishonoring to God, but even more disturbing, we also see the Israelites following some of the practices of surrounding pagan nations to try and get specific needs met apart from trusting God. For example, going to a high place for the fertility God if they were struggling to get pregnant or worshiping Baal, the thunder God when they were concerned about a lot of rain. And this is not only that they are, the Israelites were doing this, Sadly, we all did or do continue to doing this. And the main reason is because of mis we are not trusting enough God. We are trusting God when it's easy, but when it's difficult, we are tempted to try a different uh, solutions. And that's why we need continuously to be in a relationship with God. I mean, not one day yes, one day no, one day we read the Bible for five minutes, the other day we don't have time, and one day we pray for one second, the other day for one hour. Um, no, that's not how uh, it's working. We need to be in a continuous relationship with Jesus, with Holy Spirit with God. So that's how the, the, the trust is built. That's how the faith is coming. So continue to read. Uh, there is a question. Think about this in the context of our lives. Are there places we turn when we don't 
think God is coming through for us as we are struggling to trust him? This is a question not to be answered immediately because everyone needs to think, to meditate, to pray and to ask God to forgive us. We must not forget that Jesus put everything under his feet on the cross. We don't need to re-crucify Jesus again. Jesus was crucified once for all. He said it's finished. He put everything under his feet. We have authority through him. We have power through him. We have the Holy Spirit power. We have the helper. We have the comforter through him. We sometimes we forgot, forget this. That's why it's very important continuously to have this relationship, to listen sermons of uh, Jesus-centered sermons, to have godly friends, to have godly influencers in, in our life. That's why I ask you, who influenced your life? And it's written, let's continue. This is true for our own stories. God is asking us to destroy all the high places in our lives. When we let these places stand, we are inviting temptation to captivate our hearts. All these things, like for example, smoking or uh, drinking too much alcohol, just um, they bring addiction. And God doesn't want we to be addicted at the first place to a material thing. He wants we to be addicted to him. Just think about who are Solomon's wives in your life. I think about myself, of course, but think who are Solomon's. I, I call them as uh, this. I mean, the, the author called high places. We can call them high places. I call them Solomon's wives, which uh, lead you um, away from God. Just... Uh, just think about it. If there is not, it's more than well. And um, we have here a map of high places. So you can see how many high places were left. You can see this is the map. After the temple, they were supposed to be destroyed, but they were left. And... Um, this day uh, is uh, day five is the end of uh, the first week, let's say the end of this big chapter. And there are some questions I want to, and the, they're on page 51, uh, but if you don't have the book, I will ask you anyway. So uh, the first question that I want to ask you uh, is, uh, this one. We may not worship idols or at the high places in the same way Solomon did, but what are our modern day idols? What are the things that pull us away from God? I will repeat. 
What are our modern day idols? What are the things that pull us away from God? Could you type in the chat if there's something which is coming immediately into your mind? What are our modern day idols? I can say fame. I can say beauty. There are, there are a lot of actually, which is okay. I mean, it's okay if you, if uh, you can be famous with God. But for God, it's not important um, how famous you are in uh, in people's eyes. Just uh, remember Ruth. I mean, this is the great example. This is a great example. Who was Ruth? Ruth was foreigner, a widow, a poor. She she didn't have anything. I mean, she was nobody in 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 people's eyes, but she was someone in God's eyes, and that's because of the influence of her mother-in-law. I mean, that's why it's important who are our who are um, our influencers. Let's say. The second question that I want to ask you is what are some of the consequences of misplaced affection? What are some of the consequences of misplaced affection? This is hard. I mean, not so hard, but... And the third one is what do you learn from Solomon that challenges you to live differently? What do you learn from Solomon that challenges you to live differently? And um, I mean, I don't. I will not answer you because um, I already thought about all these uh, questions. But I want you to think after we finish or in through this week through the coming week uh over uh, all those uh questions and um the uh, this chapter is finishing with that take a moment to pray asking the lord to reveal anything that holds your affection more than him take the time to repair those seemingly small snacks the ones that can have devastating consequences by going to God's repentance. Humility beautifully ties the knot between our hearts and his hearts. And I'll ask you when we finish today's, uh, today's, uh, today's study, go into your secret room, whatever is your secret room is. I mean, uh, wherever we can pray pray and ask god if there are false high places if there are solomon's wives in your life they to be burned they to be taken from your life so your heart could be pure your heart could be presented pure through the blood of jesus in front in front of god's throne and um, maybe this is a time to ask again Holy Spirit to come into your life. I mean, if you were 
put um, away if you were away uh, from God or to ask Jesus to come again to your life if uh, you were serving Jesus and you are not serving Jesus anymore I mean God is the God of mercy his grace is sufficient but we need to ask we of course I mean I don't say we need to sin but sometimes we sin even without knowing. We we start to build high places even without understanding, and we just found this. And but this is the time that in which we can repent. We can ask God for His mercy. We can ask God for His grace. We can God ask God for His forgiveness. And um just uh remember a story uh this is is uh not uh connected with the trust but uh not connected with the um, with the chapter but it's connected with the trust and it's a story from my life i was like uh, 10 years old when um i decided to go on a trip on a hiking trip uh, with my classmates and with some teachers and after the second day the teacher just put me in front of the group and i couldn't uh continue because i was it's impossible for me to continue i was tired i could, could not continue so he didn't um ask me if i can try or to left another teacher with me so i could uh just uh, make take a rest and come after that he decided to send me by myself i'm a 10 years old girl like i'm 100 kilometers away in a mountain from my home to send me by myself and my home so he um he accompanied me to the main road and he stopped out to stop a truck he put me onto this truck with a driver the driver just um left me to the bus station in one city i am 10 years old i was 10 years old by myself was um bought a ticket from this city to another city and after that from the second city i bought a ticket to uh, another bus to go at my uh, own uh, home i mean to at home and um it's uh i am telling you this story um not because uh Yes, it was said, it is said story, but it's important. We first to pray about our leaders. Our leaders must have wisdom how to lead us. I mean, especially our pastors, we need to pray continuously about our pastors, our church leaders, they to have a wisdom how to lead us. Where where they put us, how they uh, manage us, and so on. And it's very important we to pray about our teammates, about our co-workers, about our friends, about, about people who are directly influencing our life. And um, at least, I mean, uh, we need to pray 
also, I mean, not pray. We need to know. We need to trust the Lord that if he said that he will give you a mountain, he will give you this mountain sooner or later. I mean, he will give you the right way to go on the top of this mountain, to pass through this mountain. Let me tell you, the first um, attempt to go on a mountain trip was not good. I mean, this was almost a kind of flat mountain in Bulgaria. It's not very high. Five years after, I went to another trip, um, a very high, um, and the mountain was a higher mountain, and I did it. So, just trust God. I mean, trust God through the process. Trust God through the uh, through your uh, way, through your path. Just don't try to go on someone else's shoes or um, just uh, uh, seek uh, seek solution outside of uh, what God told you. Just trust God. Trust God that He will lead you. Trust God that He will uh, lead you through everything that you have in your life. I mean, every hindrance, every uh, situation, uh, good or bad. Trust that God is with you. And I will finish again reading um, the the this verse from uh, Philippians. Uh, four, but before that, I want to tell you to remember you that if you need a prayer, if you have a prayer request, request, you can email our church email with your prayer request. Our leaders, our prayer team will pray for you. And I want to remember you that we have this platform, which is icfrom.online.church. That is also, um, you can ask a all right, a prayer request there, but if you're following our Sunday services online through this platform, you can ask um, immediate prayer. And this is not uh, visible from everyone. I mean, you're just sending a direct message. So um, just use, if you have a prayer need, a prayer request, just feel free to write to our church email address and... Um, our team prayer members, our leadership will pray for you and we will stay with you uh, through, uh, through your situation. So I will finish again with um, Philippians 4 from 4 to 9 and um, I wish you an, uh, a nice uh, day and a, a nice end of the week. Be careful with joy, joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. 
Keep your thoughts continuously fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Put your practice the put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Just trust in God through the process. Trust that He will bring you through. As I said, I mean it's written in Psalm 23 that he will be with you when you're passing through the valley of, of the shadow. Uh, it, I mean, it's not say that you are staying there, you will reside there, you will abide there, you're just passing. So trust that the Lord will guide you in each and every situation that you will have. And if there are Solomon's wives, or uh, just uh, high places that me and you, we start to build, build without even knowing just there is um, God, which we can, there is Holy Spirit, which we can ask to burn with his holy fire and to purify our hearts. So I wish you a wonderful day. I wish you a wonderful day of uh, the week. Just don't forget our um, Connect to Grow classes. They are just wonderful. And don't forget our Wednesday prayer night. And don't forget our Sunday services. And we have a kit camp. So if you are uh, from Rome, please register. It will be Awesome. Amen. Have a nice day. Bye.